Welcome to this New Life Podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. I want to share something with you from my heart that I trust is going to encourage you, strengthen your faith, restore any areas of lost joy, and cause your peace to continue to excel. As we begin the the message this morning, I want to go ahead and celebrate the Lord's table. I want to take communion with you. And as I refer to this, I know we do this in a lot of our services. And one of the things that we always endeavor to do, uh, never to make it routine or ritual, but to remind you of the value and the truth of what these elements represent. 1 Corinthians 11.23 Uh, The Apostle Paul writes this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Every time we celebrate the Lord's table, every time we take communion, we do it not as routine, ritual, or just a religious act. We do it to remember him, why he came, what he accomplished, and who he accomplished it for. He did it for us. And through the brokenness of his body, you and I have the ability to become whole. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this bread that represents your body, which was broken for us, that through your brokenness, we can experience true peace and wholeness. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Go ahead and partake of the bread or if you have it. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, we thank you that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. We thank you that through your blood, we are a purchased possession, washed, cleansed, and forgiven, received and accepted, and a part of your family. We thank you that the shedding of your blood has removed all guilt, shame, and condemnation. Through your death, burial, and resurrection, we are free. And we thank you for your love poured out for us in an unselfish way that you gave yourself freely for us and we partake of this and celebrate your death and our freedom and our life in Jesus' name. I wanted to celebrate that before I go into my message. The foundation verse for my message today is Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, And they overcame him, him being the devil, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto death. Understand this, the foundation for my ability, your ability, our ability to overcome goes back to the cross where Jesus paid the price for you and I, where he gave himself sacrificially, 
where he died. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our ability to overcome goes back to the cross. Remember when Jesus was uh, what we call the Last Supper, or as we celebrate communion, what he was really doing was celebrating Passover with the disciples. And in the celebrating of Passover, he's celebrating a meal that the Jews celebrate. Even to this day, they celebrate it every single year of back to when Moses, under the leadership of the Lord as he directed him what to do, brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and into freedom. And it was a lamb whose body was sacrificed and blood that was applied to the doorpost of the house. And Jesus now in this celebration of Passover is not referring backwards to the Old Testament and God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. He is now referring to what he is going to do, setting us free from the law of sin and death. Verse in the book of Romans says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes me free from the law of sin and death. He was the Lamb of God. And through the brokenness of his body and through the shedding of his blood, you and I have become free. Now, I want to read some other verses to you, and I, I believe that you take, I pray that you take these to heart and they become a part of your life. You should know these. If you don't, write these down. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. That means if you love the Son, you love the Father. You love the Father, you love the Son. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In the book of John, which is the same, the same John who wrote 1 John, he says, whoever, as many as received him, to them he gave the power, the privilege to be called the sons of God or the children of God. Our ability to overcome in life, and, and we need that especially in the days that we live and the challenges that we live through with viruses and diseases and worries and fears and torments and heaviness and depression and all the things that we're having to walk through now. We have to go back and find out what is the strength and the ability that we have to overcome whatever comes our way. Well, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Remember uh, Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him, talking about the devil, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Our ability to stand against the devil, our, against, our ability to stand against evil is because of the blood of the Lamb. Now here in 1 John it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. It goes on to say that whatever's born of God overcomes the world. So our ability to overcome not only the devil, but the strength that we have to overcome situations or circumstances that we experience in the world still goes back to the blood of the Lamb. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It says that when we are in Christ, we have become a new creation. Old things are passed away. Our sin, shame, guilt, condemnation, 
has been washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, giving us an ability to walk free from that guilt and condemnation. We have a brand new life. Now, you're still going to have to renew your mind according to the Word of God. You don't get a new face, and you don't automatically get new thoughts, but you get the life of God. The Bible says that we are partakers of a divine nature. We have been born of His Spirit. We are alive unto Him, and we become part of the family. John 16, the Amplified Classic, I've been saying this verse a lot. I think we've been quoting this a lot, especially the last year with all of the challenges that we've been facing. Jesus said this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. He said these are the kind of things that you're going to face in the world. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Another translation says, remain joyful. For I have overcome the world, and I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Now, if we bring these verses together, he says, listen, I've overcome the world. Well, first John says, whoever believes in him is born of God, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So he who overcame the world, his spirit lives on the inside of us, and all that's been made possible because of the blood of the Lamb, because we have been washed and cleansed and forgiven, and we've come into the body of Christ. We don't just attend a church on Sunday or go to a service. We have come into this family. We're born of his spirit. And that, that verse in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. There's three aspects to that verse. One is the past, the cross. Everything, the foundation of our faith is Jesus crucified and risen from the dead. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. The word of our testimony, that's our present, our lives, our testimony, and how it has affected us in the way that we live. And then the future, how we've determined to live our lives in the future because we're not going to live uh, selfish. We're going to live selfless. We're going to allow him to lead us and direct us in how we live our lives. It talks about the blood and how it was applied, but then the testimony is where it's been experienced and demonstrated in our lives. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 through 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation, knowing that the trials, the frustrations, the things that we go through, because we've been empowered by the Spirit of God, we have a faith that stands in the Word of God, that whatever tribulation you and I walk through right now, it's building a courage and a perseverance on the inside of us. And that perseverance is developing character and that character hope. And then it says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. You and I, born again by the Spirit of God, saved, becoming a Christian, that's our story it's real to me. It's not just a lesson that I heard or a message that I heard. 
I was there. I know when I had an encounter with Jesus. I know when I believed in my heart and declared with my mouth and I, and I prayed and I received him into my life. It's my story. It's my testimony where I allowed what he did 2,000 years ago to become real to me. Nobody can take that away from me. I was there. I was witness to the truth. You can't talk me out of it. Listen, nobody talked me into it. Nobody can talk me out of it. I have seen the truth of God's word manifest in my life, and I've seen the leading of his spirit over the last, gosh, 40-some years. God's desire is not that we just have a Sunday experience, but we are equipped to live a life with faith and wisdom and peace and joy and a vision for our future. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus speaking about what was going to come. He's telling his disciples, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto all the earth. He said, you'll be my witnesses. In other words, you're going to give a testimony. You're going to testify. A witness is someone who has seen and heard and experienced something that they can testify and give evidence to. And what we need today are not just things that we remember in our minds or messages that we've heard, is God wants to cause his word to become so alive in our life where the truth of the blood has been applied, but you now have stories where you have a testimony. You have a story. The greatest story you have is when Jesus became real to you. The greatest story, your, your greatest story begins when you can tell about how he stepped into your life how the love of God, the mercy of God, the restoration of God, how he healed, restored, and forgave you and cleansed you, that's not just something you remember. That's not something somebody talked you into. It is a personal counter and experience between you and Jesus. And we need to get to the place where, not, where we're not ashamed or afraid to tell people of who this Jesus is to us. Our towns and cities and and the places of our, of our environment, the people around us, are going to be touched because we openly and comfortably and boldly can share the reality of who Jesus is to us in our everyday lives. It's what's needed in the church. That's why the Bible says we need to encourage one another daily. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. The challenges that we're going through in everyday life right now, especially with a, the lockdown, a new lockdown here in the Philippines and, and the challenges to our community, the challenges to our, to our jobs. We need to encourage one another. We need to add strength and peace and to build one another up so nobody feels alone or isolated. It's not God's plan that you be isolated. And you need people to speak into your life. In Acts chapter 3 and 4, after Peter and John were going into the temple and the man outside the temple was healed, they were arrested by the religious leaders. After they were arrested by the religious leaders, they were then threatened. 
not to speak in that name anymore, not to talk about this Jesus anymore, basically to go back and to be quiet. In Acts chapter 4, verse 20, Peter and John, Peter said this, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Listen, we, we cannot help it. We have to declare what's real to us. Going back to Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. The foundation to our overcoming is the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. John is saying, look, look, we heard it, we saw it, we touched it, we experienced it. It's real to us. It's not just a message. It's not something we try to remember. It has become a part of our lives. We saw, heard, touched, felt, experienced. We lived it. The life was manifest, and we have seen and bear witness, and we declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father. It was manifested to us. It was made real to us. That would, and he repeats it again, that which we have seen and heard. This is what we're declaring to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we're writing to you, that your joy may be full. John is trying to pour out his heart. He goes, listen, please, listen to me. We saw it. We heard it. We felt it. We experienced it. We encountered it. And everything that we're writing is trying to make this real to you, that you may have that same experience. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's why we sing it, we experience it, we enjoy it. The cross, forgiveness, mercy, a restoration of dignity, a restoration of esteem, value, purpose, vision, love, wholeness, all comes because we encounter this resurrected Jesus. He sets us free from living in guilt, shame, regret, depression, hopelessness, and intimidation. That's what the blood does. It comes and it sets us free where we can live free and with confidence. John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Amplified Classic says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have and enjoy life. Not only have a life, but enjoy a life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows, overflowing with peace, being full to overflowing with peace and a joy and a confidence and a purpose that the world can't take from us, COVID can't take from us, a lockdown can't take from us, that we as believers have something on the inside of us in this relationship that we have with Jesus that's beyond attending a church service, but we have this living relationship where we have encountered his peace and his love and his joy and his forgiveness, his presence and his power, that it overflows out of us. There is a life and a light that spills out of us into our homes and families and wherever we are. That's the reason why we cannot be isolated, why we need others and other people need us. Psalms 94, 17 says, Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. I must acknowledge who he is in my life and show gratitude, show appreciation and gratefulness. 
This leads me to to want to praise and to worship. It builds an awareness of him, and it strengthens my trust in him and my faith in him. I want to give you a story. I know you've heard this before. The story of David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, David shows up on the scene to visit his brothers. Now, Goliath has been tormenting and threatening the children of the the army of Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. David shows up. He hears the threatening of of Goliath. And beginning in verse 32, it says, And David, first of all, he said to his brothers, uh, you know, there's a cause here. We need need to make a stand. And, of course, his brothers tried to put him down. But as David continued to speak, someone brought him to the king. David said, And then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you're but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, no, 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 I can do this. Now I want you to see how the story unfolds. Remember, and they overcame by the Blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is where you become a purchased possession, washed, forgiven, accepted, and you come into the family of God. That's the foundation for your faith. But then out of that must come testimonies and stories of where that has become real in your life. Where's the story of you getting free from uh, guilt or condemnation or shame or having your esteem reestablished or your value or your purpose rebuilt in your life? David is now going to give the king a testimony. He said, look, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it, and I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it rose against me, I caught it by the beard or the neck, and I struck and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Now, he's not trying to get personal, but when he says uncircumcised Philistine, he's acknowledging this Philistine does not have a covenant with God. We are the children of Israel. We have a covenant with God. That's what Jesus was declaring when we celebrated uh, communion, that this is the new covenant. I have a covenant. I have a relationship with God that gives me ability above and beyond my own, a strength and above and beyond my own. David said this uncircumcised Philistine he will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And then Saul said to David, wow, go, (laughs) and the Lord be with you. David's testimony turns the heart of the king. See, David's story was real. David didn't just hear a message. David had an encounter and he had an experience. He could recall when he had to make a stand and he killed the lion. He could recall when he had to go and, and kill the bear. He knew that God was with him. And now he's taking that story and he says, this, this giant will be like one of them. His testimony brought courage to the king of Israel. But the king then did this. So Saul clothed David with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail. That's his armor. 
David fastened his sword to his side and he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I had not tested them. And he took them off. You cannot fight in somebody else's armor. You cannot win battles trying to use somebody else's faith. You can only fight with what you have proven is real and true, what you have trusted in and what you have experienced in your life. God is looking for a generation of Davids who will not try to fight in Saul's armor. What is working in your life? What word is real to you today? And David went out. You know the story? He killed Goliath. Testimonies are written as we believe and receive and walk out the truth of God's word. As we obey and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it becomes our story. One man's testimony to the faithfulness of God where nobody was seeing in the pasture David alone, dealing with a lion, dealing with a bear. Through the faithfulness of God proving himself in David's life, now he's on a stage in front of the king and the armies of Israel. It's a significant moment in Israel's history. Listen, where you begin to walk out and develop your testimonies or your story. Listen, in the days in which we live, in the challenges in which we are living in right now, God is wanting to write your stories. He's wanting to give you story after story after story. And if you continue to read, it gets so good. After David killed Goliath, you know what he did? He continued to fight with the armies of Israel. And he took the armor of Goliath and he hung it in his tent. And so when David would go to battle with the army of Israel, he would remember, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, And hanging in his tent is the armor of Goliath. So now he looks before he goes out to battle. He goes, lion, bear, giant, who's next? And this is what happens. Your testimonies build of the faithfulness of God, of the truth of his word, where you have trusted in him when he is your source, he is your strength, he is your peace, he is your provision. And as you begin to rely upon him and trust in him and he proves himself faithful in all these different areas of your life, whether it's freedom from bitterness or offense, from guilt, shame, or, or uncleanness, or drugs, or sexual perversions, or alcohol, or whatever it is, you watch the faithfulness of God come through, and you have a testimony in your life here, and you have a testimony in your life here. That's your story. That's real to you, and nobody can take it from you. Because you know it's you and Jesus, his word and his spirits have been proven true in your life. That's why he said, you will be witnesses unto me. You'll share your story. Where you have stories that lets people know, I'm alive, I'm real, I hear, I heal, I restore, I make whole, I can make all things new. And it's your story. It's not, thank God for the stories in the New Testament. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God that we have stories throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But listen, the, the most recent story out of the Bible is at least 2,000 years old. 
You've got to have a recent story that belongs to you. A testimony of power and present and peace and provision of God in your life. A forgiveness, no more guilt or shame. Jesus is the author, the developer, and the finisher of your faith. Think about the stories that we look at in the Bible. One story after another story after another story. And sometimes when we look at these stories, we forget these are real people, real pains, real problems, real hurts, real challenges. And God shows up. We have stories in the Old Testament when the prophet is, is coming into a pound, when, when God says, I, I've commanded a widow of Zarephath to feed you, to provide for you. So he goes to the town and he sees this widow out collecting wood. And he says, bring me something to drink and also something to eat. And the widow says to him, of a truth, listen, I, I'm collecting sticks for my son and I. And we're going to cook our last meal and we're going to die. It's this time of a famine. He says, she goes, look, I, I, I only have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. That's it. And he says, well, bring me something first. What? Bring me something first. And she did. And because she, she gave to the prophet, God honored that. And the Bible says for the rest of the famine, her jar of oil and her jar of flour never failed. What about the story of the woman who went to the prophet also, and she goes, you know, my husband, your servant is dead, and now the, 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 the bill collector is there because we're in so much debt, and he's wanting to take away my two sons as payment. Listen, you know, nowadays you could be in debt, but nobody's coming to take your children to pay your bills, to sell your kids into slavery because you have debts. Real pain, real problem. She goes, she goes I, I don't know what to do. And he says, well, what do you have? She goes, I, I, I got nothing. Well, I, I do have a little jar of oil. He says, go home. Go home, go into the neighborhood, gather every vessel that you have. When you come into your house, close the door and just begin to pour. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. I only have a little bit, and you want me to gather all these spots. When you get direction by the Word of God or the Spirit of God, you need to obey. She did as he said, gathered all the vessels until there were no more vessels. She closed the door. She began to pour. And as she began to pour, she filled up one and another. And what she was pouring out of was smaller than what she was pouring into. But as long as there was an empty container to receive it, it continued to fill them up until there were no more empty vessels. They were all filled. Then she goes to the prophet and she goes, what do I do now? Go sell the oil. Pay your debts live on the rest. Well, how does God do that? Well, he's a miracle-working God. We don't serve this. Nor we, we serve the creator of heaven and earth. And the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame. God wants you to overcome. You're born of God, and whatever's born of God overcomes the world. You overcome because of the blood of the Lamb. You're loved, accepted, forgiven. You're part of the body of Christ. You're son and daughter of the Most High God. You carry a spirit on the inside of you. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. But he wants you to believe him and trust him, and he wants to give you your stories. 
He wants you to have stories that you didn't just read out of the Bible. He wants you to have stories of, number one, how you met him, how he became real to you, and you can share that with others. But then stories of forgiveness and restoration or provision. Sister Shadi and I just flew in a number of weeks ago, and when we got out of quarantine, I went to a coffee shop with my son Stephen, and we sat there and talked for a couple hours. And he just asked me questions, and, and I just began to share stories. Stories. I have so many stories that I was there. I saw it. I heard it. I felt it. It was real to me of where he led me, where he guided me, where he instructed me, where he taught me, where he healed me, where he provided for me. And this is what he wants you to have. He wants you to have your God stories. And as you look in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus is coming into town, and as he walks by, a man cries out. The people tell him, be quiet, don't bother him. Maybe you've been stirred to cry out to the Lord in areas of your life, and maybe the people around you have told you to be quiet. Don't get so radical, or it's probably not going to work. Or Don't set yourself up for a disappointment. Listen, if you want to cry out unto the Lord as a source of your help, don't let people shut you up. Bartimaeus cried out all the more. And Jesus said, bring him to me. He brought the blind man. He's standing in front of Jesus. And Jesus asked him a very strange question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to see. He says, well, be it unto you according to your faith. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus was to stand in front of you right now and say, what do you want me to do for you? What is it that you believe because of the strength of his word that you've allowed to become real in your heart. What do you want him to do for you? What areas do you need restoration? What areas do you need forgiveness? What areas do you need to just guilt heaviness and weights and fear or confusion off you? What areas do you need to see the provision of God? Because if If you'll stand before him and allow his word to speak to you, he will work in your life. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. How how about the leper who who cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. He said, I'm willing. Be whole. And about the woman caught in adultery who was thrown at Jesus' feet and everybody wanted to stone her and condemn her. And Jesus, in the middle of it, stood up. He says, look. I don't condemn you. The Bible said that the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. What about the, the woman who came and interrupted a dinner one night where she came in and she began to wash Jesus' dirty feet with her tears and she dried it with her hair? And, and the religious people around began to judge her and say, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't even let her touch him. Jesus knew exactly what kind of woman she was, and he knew how much she had been forgiven. And he told them, he goes, listen, those who have been forgiven much love much. Well, the woman who came and took an alabaster flask of 
fragrant perfume, and she broke it. The Bible says it was a year's worth of wages, and she poured it upon him and anointed him. She broke it, and she gave the best that she possibly had. She didn't take the top off and just pour out a little bit. She broke it. No turning back. I'm going to go ahead and give him the best I've got. Why? Because I love him. I appreciate him. And I'm so grateful for who he is in my life. Do you know Jesus said we'll be talking about that woman wherever this gospel is preached, we'll be talking about that woman. I'm still talking about her 2,000 years later. What about the, the, the woman who came to Jesus and, and her daughter was demon-possessed and the disciples said, Lord, s- send this woman away. She's bothering us and she, she's harassing us and she wants us to do something for her daughter. Can you just send her away? And She comes up to Jesus and he says, listen, I... I've only been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Am I supposed to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs? And she goes, Lord, of a truth. But even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She says, look, I don't need a whole loaf. I don't need a whole slice. All I need is just a crumb as long as it comes from your table. And he goes, wow, woman, great is your faith. She came on behalf of her daughter. Or the man who brought his son to the disciples, well, really brought his son to Jesus because he was also demon-possessed. Jesus wasn't there. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and the disciples tried to cast him out, and he failed. The man's heartbroken. Jesus comes walking up, and there's a lot of commotion, and Jesus says, what's going on here? And the father, he goes, look, look, I, I brought my son to your disciples if they could cast out this demon, but they could not. And he goes, listen, if you can do anything, he said, if you can. He came with expectation, but now he's dealing with, with disappointment. It's brought doubt to him. So now he says, Lord, if you can, have mercy on us, have compassion on us. In other words, don't leave us in the same condition in which you find us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe in here, but I'm struggling with things. I'm I'm dealing with disappointments and frustration because of past experiences. But truly in my heart, I know you are the answer to my life. I need you to help me with the things going on in my head. What a wonderful testimony. Maybe that's you. Maybe deep down in here, you're calling out upon God. You want your voice to be loud, and other people are telling you, calm down, don't be too radical, don't get too loud. But you know in here that the source of the strength of your life, your hope, your healing, and your help, there's only one source, and that's Jesus. Don't let anybody shut you up or shut you down. And you may be struggling with things here, but cry out from here. And the man's son was healed. He was delivered story of a father bringing his son, the story of a, of a mother coming on behalf of her daughter. How many stories are, or, or Jairus coming up on behalf of his, his daughter who was sick or the woman with the issue of blood or, or the widow who gave two mites or Zacchaeus, this tax collector who was so convicted by the presence of God. Jesus never told him what to do, but because of the love of God and the peace of God and the acceptance that Jesus brought when he had dinner at his house, he stands up and he says, listen, I'm going to go out and and I'm going to give back sevenfold what I've taken from people. Jesus never told him to do that. But the influence of the love and the mercy and the acceptance that Jesus brought into his house so touched his heart. He has a story. What stories do you have? Let me tell you, during this lockdown, during the challenges of the pandemic, 
doing all the things that we're going through with COVID, this is not a time to draw back. This is a time to press in. This is a time to get into the Word. This is a time to pray. This is a time to worship and allow Jesus to give you your stories. It's a great opportunity for stories to be written. You must have God's stories. Sister Shadi and I could come up here on the platform and we could tell stories, literally, for hours. Not because we're pastors or we're preachers. Yeah, I can tell you a lot of ministry stories, but I can tell you stories about our life about him leading and directing and protecting and providing and restoring, healing a broken heart. When we've been hurt, when we've been wounded, when we've been broke, when we've been sad, I can give you stories just about at every kind of level of life and experience, not because I'm on a platform, but because I'm a believer because I'm a Christian, but I have my God stories. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That's the beginning of it all. And the word of their testimony, the word of your testimony, that's your story. And it's real to you. And and you can share it with confidence and boldness Because it's not a story you have to try to remember like a Bible story. Because it's your story. Like David said, no, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. It's time to start winning in the smaller arenas and make a stand. Make a stand in faith. Choose to believe. Choose to trust him. Because what God will do is he will take that story, then he'll give you another story. He'll give you another encounter and another experience and another victory and then another victory, and that victory will build upon another victory, and you'll watch yourself get stronger. And where you used to have to exercise your faith and believe God for a pair of socks, now you can trust God for a full set of clothes. Where you had to exercise and maybe believe God for a, a hamburger or a pizza or some show I don't know. Now you can trust God and believe God to help pay for the rent of your house. Where you had to believe God to release that five pesos or 10 pesos or 50 pesos or 100 pesos, where you had to trust God to sow. The first time you began to tithe, you were a little fearful and nervous, but you trusted him. And as you trust him and rely upon him and obey the leading of his word and his spirit, you will watch him come through and write stories, your story. What a wonderful opportunity. I know things are challenging. I know things are not easy. I know things are hard. But in the days in which we live, God is wanting to give you a story. Now I'll close with this. In Acts chapter 27, the apostle Paul has been, he's a prisoner. He's going to be taken to Rome. And, he tell, and, and, and they're going to go on a ship. And he's telling them, I don't think we should go. I think we need to stay here. Of course, he's a prisoner, the Roman soldier in charge of him, the captain of the ship and the owner of the ship. Nobody is listening to Paul. Nobody. But when they get into the storm, 
and they've gone two weeks without eating, Paul has a visitation. An angel of the Lord speaks to him. Paul stands up, and he gives direction, and now the prisoner is in charge. The soldiers are listening. The captain is listening, and the owner of the ship is listening because Paul has the ability to speak words that are real and life-giving. I believe as the church, as the body of Christ, we are going through some storms right now. And God is wanting to speak to you and bring courage to you and bring peace to you and, and, and give wisdom to you and direction to you that in the middle of a storm where maybe others before have, have not listened to you. When David came to fight Goliath, his brothers tried to push him aside and the king said, no, you can't do it. But he, he stood, no, 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 this is real to me. And he shared his story. It's my prayer, those of you that are watching, those that, that come to new life and everybody else that's watching online. It's time for God to give you your story. It's time for you to trust him to write your God stories. Psalms 27, verse 13 through 14 said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, foundation for everything, the word of their testimony, the reality, and the truth, and the power of your story that God has written, is writing, and will continue to write in your life. Your life speaks, and you will love not your life unto death. Father, I thank you for writing God stories in every person watching today. Wherever their need is throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have stories of men and women who looked to you, trusted in you, relied upon you, and your word was real in their life. In challenging, painful, almost hopeless situations, you do not leave us to shame. You do not abandon us. You are in us, with us, and for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Thank you for writing God's stories in each and every person's life. Let the word of their testimony grow and grow and grow in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you would be saved, forgiven. The blood that was shed 2,000 years ago was for you. Everything that Jesus did was for you. He was spotless and perfect in all of his ways. Yet he took your place and my place. He took my sin and your sin. And the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. The price has already been paid. It's a gift. And I would encourage you, the greatest thing that you could do, the number one decision that you can make in life, is to receive God's gift to you. It's not just an activity that you do on a Sunday. It is a personal relationship, allowing Jesus to come into your life and receiving what he did.
and walking with him on a daily basis. You and I have need of a Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who went to the cross and shed his blood to pay the penalty, the price for my sin, my guilt, my shame. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that I am loved, accepted, washed, cleansed, and received. I am delivered out of darkness and death into the kingdom of God. I am yours and you are mine. From this day forward, I will walk with you and love you and serve you with all of my heart. Thank you for freeing me from all guilt, shame, condemnation. I declare today my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus is the Christ, my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I am born of God. I am an overcomer in this world. I want to close the service. Let me just pray for you one more time. Father, I thank you. Above and beyond stories that we've heard, make the word real in people's life. Visit them where they are. Write new stories where people have a testimony in this area of their life, in this other area of their life. They have a testimony of a restored marriage, testimony of children that have been touched by God, testimony in their business, their finances, in their physical body. I thank you that your word is true in every area of their life, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you for the peace of God that guards each person's heart and mind through Christ Jesus. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being with us here, New Life. And we will see you again next week. Let God continue to write your story. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.